everybody and welcome to episode eight of Runners Don't Just Run. You're here with me, Lorna Young, and we, I'm, I'm laughing because we've recorded this about 10 times. Anyway, you're here with me, Lorna Young, and you've we've also got Nicola Squires, which is nice. Hiya, Nicola, yeah. how are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm looking forward to an even, evening of editing uh, the podcast. I can't wait. I know. Well, you like to keep busy, don't you? I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah. So, Use your uh, skills. So what's new? How's how's the new year started for you, Lorna? Um, it's been going OK, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I've been quite positive with the lockdown number three. The That's first good. week was difficult, but then I got myself into a really good schedule. I'm still not running. Um. And the first week, I think I was a bit like, oh, how am I going to do this? But I've planned my, I plan my week ahead of training alongside my work. And it's enabled me to keep momentum. Yeah, and I'm, I've, my training is quite um, variable. Yeah. As in, I'm doing a lot of different things, but I like it like that. Yeah. I like it like that. And um, yeah, I feel good. Good. Actually. You yeah. look good. You sound good as well. And uh, thank you. You've started some new treatment for your injury as well. I have. Um, I've started shock, shockwave therapy based off of Morag's recommendation, yeah. our previous guest. And it seems to be working quite well, actually. I will say it is like you are getting your drill, uh, a drill mm-hmm. to the area, it is quite painful and noisy which is yeah. essentially the treatment um you've had it before haven't you yeah a bit like my lower back oh oh do you wear uh, ear protectors when you have it no oh, it's not I that oh, really a work site when i did it yeah uh no because we have a i have a good chat with my therapist oh, don't maybe they do to me yeah, I think the problem is fine. Yeah, don't chat. <laughs> no more chat. How's your month going? Yeah, my my month is is good. I've um I quite often try and um well, I quite often get stressed about fitting runs in and stuff, but I've just kind mm-hmm. of gone with it a bit more this month and uh still jumping on the meditation and the breathwork bandwagon, but um I've been doing some sessions as well running sessions mm. so um yeah. I started running with my with a girl from my old group that I first started with at Hallamshire uh, little Nick she's not well she's small in height but I we were called little Nick big Nick so uh there we are so we've started doing um I was gonna say you're not that tall either though are you Nicola no, but Nick's a little bit smaller so oh. Right, okay. There we go. Get to be big Nick for once. I know. Oh, that's nice. Is that the only reason that you're friends with her? Just because you're taller than her? Yeah, just so I can feel tall. Like I can can feel like Kate Moss feels looking down on me. Yeah. (laughs) I I imagine that's just what it feels like. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I did two sessions this week, which I was pleased about because I I find it easy getting out of the door to run, but to do a session mentally, I absolutely beat myself up about it in my head so it was nice to meet a friend have a chat mm. safely and distantly obviously um but just yeah, yeah just getting back into it 
So and you were a bit sore afterwards, weren't you as well? With yeah, you? I did struggle to get out of bed. You know, like the the the, the picture of like the ape forming into a man. That, <laughs> they use. I was definitely like an ape when I tried to get out of bed that morning. But by, I can by five o'clock, I was I was upright. So were you moving? Yeah, I was moving. That's good. Yeah. I know it's funny, isn't it? That age actually does make a difference. It does, yeah. Who, who would have thought it? Definitely, I would tell my younger self I know. to uh, oh, oh. just enjoy skipping out of bed in the morning after a half. Oh gosh, oh. definitely. One of my um, one of my friends here, she turned eighteen today, oh. and I was like, oh, if only. Take me back. <laughs> Just roll out of bed. You could. I know. Go out till four a.m. and sleep for an hour, and still have the energy to do all the things you want to do the next yeah, day. Absolutely. So yeah, it was been nice to dive back into the session pain cave this week. But yeah, yeah I've had a good January. Good. Sorry, I've I've witted good. On. January, good. Good. We're too. going to try and do our podcast once a month, aren't we? I think now. Yeah. Yeah. Because then we can re- re- renew review the month as well which is nice so shall we go into some goals that we've got for february yeah i think i can't really remember what mine were for january but i think they're probably going to be quite similar for feb yeah i can't remember um i think no i can't remember i can't remember what we said um they must that's how that that's (laughs) how good they were yeah (laughs) (laughs) um i think i'm gonna go with Less phone time still. Yeah. Because it's blooming brilliant. It's just liberation. Absolutely. Mm. Um, How about yourself? I'm so I felt like I I'll be I'll be honest, everyone. Lorna's lack of phone use made me feel like she didn't like me anymore because she was just I didn't want her to be on her phone, so I didn't oh contact her and then yeah. just a downward spiral. But I am going to um if I don't have to get up and be somewhere, I could just buy <laughs> You're just going to stay in bed the whole day. I stay in bed. In anyway. Bring on spring. No, um, I'm going to buy an alarm clock and I'm going to leave my phone downstairs every night because... Oh, your life's going to change, Nicola. Oh, well, I did it last week and the amount of rubbish I that comes into my head at night that I want to Google... Honestly. Yeah, no, but then you can't if your phone's downstairs. But I'll still sleep if I if I know whether anything happened that I was thinking. And I about. bet you you'll sleep more and you'll sleep better. Yeah, yeah. So that's my goal. Oh, yeah. oh right. Is that yeah, no? That's goal. my goal intention. Should we just should we merge them into one now? Yeah. I think, and should we? Have I, a I fun, think. Should we have a fun one? And I, I, well, I've know what mine's gonna be. Go on, tell us yours. Go on. I'm going to uh, dye my hair. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh God. Ah. Um, I don't know if I can. My hair's quite dark, but I'm, I like, I'd like. i like to do a bit of pink in it. And I think Nicola might have to do that too. Your hair's quite dark, actually. I'm just yeah, it is, it isn't it? I've got a big fringe, hasn't it? Um, all right. Huge. Huge. Um, yeah, okay. I'll do that too. <gasps> and it's Valentine's Day. Uh, it might... is. Yeah. Right, well, let's see what the month brings, eh? Let's see. If love is, is it... the question, then love is the answer. <laughs> is that the quote? 
<laughs> anyway, I'm excited about our guest. Absolutely right. Let's crack on with it then. Think... Oh, yeah, go on. I so was just pre- going to say, we've had... yeah, we've pre-recorded it, <laughs> so we know it's a good one. <laughs> it is a good one, isn't it? And we, uh... Yeah. Definitely. Grab a cuppa, grab some snacks, grab a notebook, because you might want to write down some really good motivational quotes. Yeah, you might do. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, drum roll, please. Drum roll. So on this week's um, Runners Don't Just Run, we've got a very special guest um, with a 800 metre time of 158, a mile time of 4.55 and a 1500 metre time of 4.06. Someone's been uh, Googling this morning. And also a bronze medal at the 2006 European Athletic Champs. Please welcome Becky Lynn. Thank you very hello, much. Becky. Great hello, to be Becky. Here. Hello, hello, girls. You all right? Yes, are you? Yeah, yes, very well. Thank you. Yes, yeah, looking forward to chatting with you both. You don't look scared at all, which is good. <laughs> <laughs> Should I be? <laughs> oh, no. So, um, yeah, so for people who don't know you as a as a runner, you um you are retired now, aren't you? From from running, you've been retired. Yes. Oh just... yeah, no, quite a while now. Yeah, so I was professional for about six years, um, yeah. and by twenty twelve, I'd had enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd just been uh, injured for a number of years. So yeah, um, yeah I, still, I still do bits of running, but I'm definitely out of that kind of high performance. Yeah, sphere. just very much a, a fun runner now. So so, but a bronze medal at the Europeans is nothing to a. Uh, to be quiet about that's amazing but if we um if we head back to the start so how did you get into running uh, uh well it was primary school for me um yeah just had a really good primary school teacher who I must admit after my first because it was cross country that we yeah. used to do um I was at Nethergreen Junior in Sheffield and um yeah she would just you know pretty much forced everyone to give it a go and I did all right in my first race but I just hated it and uh, she forced me to uh, to do the next one and um I just kept getting better and better so yeah, yeah it, it was thanks to my um, primary school teacher oh, and then you went on to run for Hallamsh Carriers which as did I um yes. and how so how did you go from doing cross country which you weren't a fan of to then joining an athletics club what was the transition yeah, well, I suppose once I started secondary school, um, there was the option in the summer to do track races. Yeah. And so uh, I did really quite like them, even though I, I wasn't training year seven with any training groups um, and I was doing quite well. Um, so I, yeah, I just thought, right, well, I'll, I'll give Hampshire Harriers a go. And then uh, gradually, because then I did grow to like cross country yeah. and, and each year I was a bit like, oh, I don't know which one I prefer now, track or cross country. But yeah, gradually, gradually, um, definitely I got the, the track bug more so yeah yeah so at what point um at what point was your potential like kind of highlighted that you could really go far in athletics do you you remember a time thinking I could be like I could be something amazing here or do you know which it sounds really confident and quite maybe American to sound say that about (laughs) yourself but you know at what point was it was it highlighted yeah well do you know what I'd always had this sort of like 
burning ambition to be an athlete but certainly when I first started running there was nothing to indicate that 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 would be the case uh for example my very first race I was 18th in the primary school cross country uh for Sheffield so you know nothing there and then I didn't make English schools until uh, I was in year 10 at school um so you know never made it as a junior as anyone I was an inter um but I suppose it was actually that particular race where I had a massive breakthrough um so going into the race my PB was 447 for 1500 and it was at Don Valley Stadium I had my whole family there and it, just to even have like made it to English school which was the biggest thing and I thought oh you know I'll just give it my best shot and then coming into the last lap I was pretty much last um because I was the slowest on paper so that's why I thought I should be and I thought I actually feel all right here and so I just yeah put the hammer down and um got myself into second position and beat my pb by 11 seconds and got an england vest off the back of it like a junior junior england vest and honestly i i, <laughs> I get sort of goosebumps talking about it now because i remember afterwards i couldn't take my number off because my hands were shaking i was like what's just happened oh my god oh. like you know just happy to be here to like mm-hmm. i get an english Suit. you get a free tracksuit and vest and <laughs> going on an aeroplane to Dublin wow <laughs> I don't, that, this story gives me shivers like I, I cry anything but it makes me want to cry a little bit because to, for that to happen at, in your home stadium as well where you train mm. your family are there that must yeah. and we do even if some of us don't make it you, you all dream of it don't you as it as a youngster mm. and even as an adult of getting that vest or that call up or that PB. So to hear that, even, you know, you had shaky hands and you couldn't take your number off, that's amazing. So Aww. after um, so after, after that happened, did everything change for you then? Uh, I suppose more, more my mindset in terms of what I thought might be possible, um, because, I, you know, I've very much got a family that keeps my feet on the ground and, you know, they wouldn't... <laughs> They wouldn't ever let me uh, become a bit of a diva. So, um, yeah, it it just changed my targets a little bit in training and um, just, yeah, like I say, more more mindset more than anything. I didn't massively increase my training or anything like that. Uh, I was training about four times a week, I think, Mm. uh, pretty much I went to university. Um, So, yeah, um, I just, and yeah, gradually kept improving a little bit, uh, bit by bit each year I did actually discover a couple of years after that that 800 was more my event um as my speed started to develop um so that that was the main thing that changed yeah Yeah. so going back to the race when you got the England vest the first one how did you control your nerves for that because that was something brand new wasn't it to run for England yeah yeah well I, I to be honest with you, I felt really out my depth. And I, because I'd beaten my PB by 11 seconds, I was like, oh, God, it, don't let it be a flash in the pan. Don't let me finish last by miles. Oh. And, um, but although I didn't run quite as fast, I still ran within two yeah. seconds of it in the race and I came third in that race. So, it, yeah, it was, it was OK in the end. But, yeah, beforehand, I think it was just a case of I had a mantra that I used to say to myself before a race, which was just like, you can only do your best yeah and yeah so yeah and just take a few deep breaths yeah yeah no it sounds simple but um yeah it it seemed to work for me 
and that's that's the thing isn't it as I think as runners and possibly other sports as well um you build it up in your head so much and and then actually it's such a simple sport isn't it yeah. <laughs> I know and always after a race you're like why was I so worried you know actually that was quite good fun and yeah yeah that's it I know I know and then it just gives you that even if you don't do that well you know it gives you the mm. determination for next time yeah you always get something from a race whether it's it's good or bad yeah mm. definitely so after after school you went on to Loughborough University is that right that's right yes yes and, I did um Butler out in America as well is that yeah that's right I I, um, I managed to angle it so that I could get two degrees in five years um so I didn't realize it at the time but uh, basically I did two years um at Loughborough doing a sports science degree with um Spanish as an out of department module and um my boyfriend at the time was a year above me and so he was finishing his degree and was going off to the states and he just mentioned in passing to the coach out there um you know about about me and so he offered me a place uh, on an athletic scholarship uh, out there um, with the opportunity to just study Spanish because um, what a lot of people were doing on my uh, out of department module of Spanish is they were taking a year abroad so I was considering that anyway and like thinking of going to Spain but I was just a bit worried that my running might suffer um, because you know you're out there by yourself and da 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 but the athletic scholarship studying Spanish um, in America just seemed like a really good compromise um, to be able to focus both on the Spanish and on the running um, but then I ended up staying a year and a half because I could transfer credits across uh, from my sports it sounds a bit crazy but from your sports degree I could count those towards my Spanish degree um, and then I just managed to just scrape all of the credits that I needed yeah. and um, yeah to then get a degree and then I, I went back to Loughborough after that and finished off my uh, my sports science degree. So, so how did so with regards to um being in university and your coaching setup as well that you had at the time did you keep the yeah. same coach throughout both university stints well all three university stints or did you change to the university coaches um yeah so yeah good, good question I I actually um kept with my Hampshire Harriers coach for most of the first year at, at uni um and um yeah do you know I, I will say it because I think it's important that people are sort of aware of, of this in, that it does happen in athletics but uh, it turned out that he was abusing some of the girls in the group so he ended up going to, to prison uh, so that obviously forced my hand to change coaches um, and then I was coached by a guy called Gordon Surtees who yeah. was um, he was the national junior endurance coach at the time and he was just coaching me from afar when I was at Loughborough and so it was still perfectly possible for him to do that out in the states because I'd heard a lot of um horror stories really about people yeah. going to the states getting burnt out and um so I didn't obviously I didn't want that to happen to me and uh, Gordon was very aware of that as well so he was like um you're only going if I can still coach you <laughs> um so yeah bless him he, he didn't want to get the internet so he got a fax machine and a fax <laughs> <laughs> um he was like a really old guy um so in fact across my programs and we'd speak every so often on yeah. the phone and uh yeah luckily I had a really obliging coach out there and uh he he was happy just to hold the stopwatch for me and so I did end up 
training quite a lot by myself out there and just yeah. integrating a little bit with some of the sessions um but yeah um I suppose uh, that, that's how it worked yeah that's um that sounds interesting and, and well done for di- mentioning your your first coach because being from the same club I I knew that as well but it's a mm-hmm. strange topic to talk about isn't it and it's not really spoken about so thanks for no. sharing that as well because yeah. it happens Mm, no absolutely and um I mean something that I do now I've got like a mentoring program for young up-and-coming female athletes and we recently just uh, touched upon that topic because there's been a few other recent uh, allegations and revelations so uh yeah I just I just wanted to kind of say to them girls that don't be naive like don't don't be um what's the word paranoid um that that there's loads of sexual predators out there because you know the vast majority of people have just got great intentions I mean there's just so many wonderful volunteers in the sport that give up so much of the time but unfortunately I think yeah it's athletics it it can attract some people that see it as an opportunity um so just just have your wits about you basically and just to know like if if you suspect anything or you you see any like bad behavior or thing that something that you don't approve of to to talk about um yeah and just to stop it because otherwise I mean what happened with my first coach was he got away with it with one girl and then he started to do it with others and it was he just yeah he got if you like I know that sounds terrible to say it like that but um and then finally one of the girls did speak up um so yeah um just just to say to people look because they 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 do um manipulate um their their victims and just make it seem like uh you know oh if if you say anything about me then all these people will will, you know I do so much good in the club and all these people will lose their coach and yeah things won't be the same without me you know it's it's that kind of thing so uh just to actually say Definitely. and as well the um as athletes you you put a lot of you ex you have great expectations from your coach as well don't you see so you, you kind of mm. it is like a relationship isn't it to some extent yeah. with the relationship that you have with them so you you kind of mm-hmm. give them they give you so much hope that you can reach your potential that it's easy to to cross that line yeah. isn't it and so, yeah 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 no they can get a real sort of sense of, of power over you yeah, um yeah and the way that it was once described about my first coach was that and I don't know if this is the same with with like other coaches that do but they, they get a bit of a god complex as well yeah. where you know they get all this respect and they they sort of have all this power over these young girls and they just sort of think that they can get away with anything um so yeah as I say it's it's not obviously very common but it does happen so well thank you for being honest and and talking about it as well because the more people do talk about it hopefully the less it will happen as well yeah people will be aware of it at least yeah definitely definitely so uh (laughs) let's get on to some fun stuff now um (laughs) so we've chatted about um your university and then so and your like your coach coaches that you've had so um when the GB vest happened was um kind of how can I put it so you got the European medal in 2006 didn't you yes had you ran you'd ran for Great Britain for a few years before before that happened uh, yeah, just as a junior, um, because I was sort of 23, 24, 2006. Um, so that was my first proper year. No, second year out of the under 23s. Um, so it was my first, no, no, it was my second senior best because I'd run yeah. in the Commonwealth Games. Yeah. Um, 
yeah in 2002 um, and then I'd had a few uh, sort of injury years and yeah. to be honest with you 2006 I was pretty much like right if I don't do well this season um, I just have to get a job and you know yeah. just run on uh, so it was my pretty much like I'm gonna give it everything this year um, yeah yeah so uh-huh. so you did the Commonwealth in 2002 at Manchester um, yeah. how, how did that go was that the 800 as well <laughs> uh yeah it was it was the 800 sorry yeah I just I, I know people can't see but I just cringed because it was it was just one of those awful awful um yeah to be honest with you, there was a lot going on in the background because it was when all the allegations would come out uh, from the coach and there's a few yeah. other things as well going on and so I um yeah it was just probably didn't admit to myself how stressed I was getting onto that start line and the fact that it was in front of a home crowd as well packed stadium and you know your name's called out and like this stadium revolts and I was just like oh and on, on the start line my calves were just crumbling <laughs> anyway um yeah I uh I, I did awful well, <laughs> you know yeah. they make the good races better don't they so I guess yeah that's it and um you know I just I sort of thought to myself like well this is your only chance that you're ever gonna have to like run in front of a home crowd like this obviously this was before we knew that we'd been awarded the London 2012 Olympics so I was putting so much pressure on myself and just as I hit the home straight there was such a roar in the crowd and like you talk about they talk about athletes that that get energized by the crowd but I I just saw that as pressure and it just it was literally the wheels came off it was like that monkey jumping on the back and running through treacle and I just um I mean I only missed out on the next round by like uh, one place like not less than a second but um to, to make it I um had run two two to qualify and I ran two five in my heat so yeah the, the I just wasn't right um yeah and it, it was it was awful because it felt like such a missed opportunity but I suppose something to take away from that is that, that I put so much pressure on myself because I didn't think there'd ever be an opportunity to run in front of a home crowd yeah. but actually had I made the 2012 Olympics that it would have been that and then 2017 there was London so yeah. you know that there's so yeah. often there are other opportunities so, you know, that's what I tell a lot of the girls now is don't put too much pressure on yourself. You know, your time will come. Absolutely. Mm. And yours did in 2006, but that was after a few years of injuries, you said, as well. Yeah, so- yeah. I just kept getting recurring in Achilles uh, niggles. Yeah. Um, so that was my main my main issue. So mm-hmm. how so, uh, so you managed to maintain those going into 2006 and then you obviously got a medal didn't you so how how was how was those champs for you yeah well it it was just it was just one of those years where everything did click and I I'd because I'd, I'd cross trained so so hard even in the like the winter leading up to 2006 I'd much of it had been injury ridden and um but like yeah I, as I said I sort of said before I'd said to myself you know this is your last chance now um and um so I just just as I say cross trained extra hard and then um I had a few other issues going into that season where like I changed coaches and they didn't take it very well and I just had reached a point where I was like do you know what sod it like I've done everything I can I've trained so so hard um what will be will be and I just took all pressure off myself uh, and um yeah 
I, I, I thought I don't have to prove myself to anyone, you know, because I'd felt let down by a few people. I was like, right, I'm just doing this just for me, just to see what I can do. And um, yeah, and basically off the back of that, I did really well in my first race uh, and then I got into some more good races and it, it was just, it's that, you see it quite a lot in football, I think, actually. My boyfriend's a mad uh, football fan. And you know when you just get on a roll? Yeah. Uh, like, Sheffield United last season, we're on a bit of a roll. Yeah, and, yeah. like, we just kept winning, kept winning. But this season, we seem to have lost the confidence. Uh, and, yeah. But, that say, 2006 for me was pretty much like the Sheffield United of last season. It was, yeah. Um, confidence bred confidence, bred good times. And I just felt like, yeah, when I got to the final of the Europeans, um, it, and I never really felt this before, but I was like, I know, I know I'm in really good shape. It would be harder for me to do bad in this race than what it would be to do good. Like, yeah. you know, that the, the likelihood is that I'll run well. Um, so yeah, and then yeah, got the bronze medal. Amazing. How did you feel when you crossed that line? Um, do, you, do you still like visualize it sometimes? Do you know what? This will sound so ungrateful because I <laughs> I was furious when I crossed the finish line <laughs> because it had been such a rough race. Like you can see it on the replay. I get a massive knock at the bell, uh, an even bigger knock at 200 to go, and then coming into the home straight. The girl who actually ended up winning, she pushed me like blatantly. Like as she, even as she was on the the podium, I was thinking, they're going to disqualify you when they look at the replay because you can't just push somebody out of the way if you want to get like in the lead. Um, because I, I honestly nearly went sprawling. But like, and and when I looked up, you know, you lose all your momentum, and then I think I was about fifth coming into the home straight off the back of that knock, and I was like, I, I am not going away from this championship without a medal. So I just, yeah, I just absolutely gave it everything I got and just nicked the, the bronze medal. But like, you know, you're supposed to sort of shake hands at the yeah. end of the race. Like I could see that the winner bent over. And I was so tempted just to shove it. <laughs> I, I didn't. I, and thank goodness, because the camera was on me. I didn't think they would be, but they were. But I just patted her on the back with like a really like angry face. And um, yeah, but once once I'd sort of walked up and, and actually realised, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. There is no way in the world I would have expected a bronze medal at the Europeans coming into this yeah. season. So just be grateful. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and looking back on it now, because um, a lot of people say as well, because I was beaten by two Russians, oh, aren't, aren't you like bitter? Yeah. And, but I don't, I just think it's wasted energy um, yeah. to, to carry that around. And Definitely. who's to say I would have been any happier had I won, you know, yeah. like, yeah, um, would have been nice. But but equally, yeah, it's, it's just part of athletics. Absolutely. And I love the fact like you are just the nicest person ever. And you've always come across so amazing on in on TV interviews after races. So the fact that you actually wanted to push her over kind of makes it even better because you're so lovely, but also you were really angry as well, which is a good a good balance, uh, I think. Makes you even more human. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I do. I, I think even as a, as a young girl, my mum used to comment how I was so placid, like a yeah. lot of the time and then if my button got pushed then all of a sudden it'd be like see red yeah but I think you can deploy that to your advantage a bit sometimes even within a race like there's a um 
psychologist Dr. Steve Peters, he talks about how the best athletes, they, they learn to control their inner chimp for like the vast majority of the race, but you can sustain like the energy of the chimp for the last 150 of a race. So just unleash that then, and then you can get the best out of yourself. If you unleash it any earlier, then you can't sustain it and your wheels will come off and, and that's, you know, when the monkey jumps on the yeah. back and, you know, yeah, it's game over. But um, yeah, if, if you can sort of harness that, that yeah. in the chimp, then uh, yeah, I think that's probably what happened when I got that shove. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Um, so after... 2000 I keep wanting to say 2016 but after 2006 after 2006 was it kind of, so that was your highlight wasn't it that that was the big the that the big race the the big result yeah you carried on till tw- was it 2012 you carried on 2012 yeah Mm-hmm. what were those years like for the you know those six years did you you race quite a bit did you get were you injured quite a lot of the time yeah no unfortunately um I, I was yeah I was pretty much injured the whole yeah. time yeah so 2006 I was able to go full-time after that uh you know got a good sponsorship deal from Nike um I was on lottery funding yeah. uh and I had a, a a really good agent um based out in Australia so I was the idea was I'd spend winters training out there with his, his amazing group and um yeah which was great because I just I hate winters but yeah I'm dressed in <laughs> a wrap jacket and a, a gilet and everything just sat inside now I just I'm not very good with the cold um so anyway I digress uh yeah so <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I overdid it. Uh, I, I, I sort of used to, I didn't moan, but I used to always sort of say, oh, in 2006, I had two part-time jobs as I was trying to train properly as an athlete and woe be me. Um, and, you know, I can run so much better once I'll be able to focus yeah. on, on just my athletics. But yeah, I just lost all balance, lost all perspective, put far too much pressure on myself. Um, even leading up to 2006, as you could hear, heard me say earlier, I had a lot of injury issues mm-hmm. and, I sort of thought that getting a better base there and just like being able to do more strength and conditioning and mm. making myself more robust that that would stop me getting injured and being you know having access to so many good physios and, yeah. and things like that that you know I'd get the answers that I needed but yeah it wasn't like that <laughs> basically and um I was my own worst enemy um in, in, to a large extent um you know just trying to do too much all the time burning myself out um but yeah that there was an element as well of, of perhaps putting a bit of blind faith in yeah. in the system as well in fact I was just listening to um the uh, podcast with Morag talking about how once she found a good physio who, t- who gave her the answers, you know, that was really good. And I just think, yeah, there was a, a, quite a few instances where I felt like people weren't believing what I was saying about yeah. my injuries. And, and so I just kept making the same mistakes because they were like, there's nothing wrong with you. And I'm like, yes, there is. And, yeah, you know, yeah. I kept having to prove it with scans of a torn calf. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, sorry. I don't want to get too. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? Because actually, I say those six years were awful in terms of injury, but they were amazing in terms of the opportunities that I had. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah no, I. Yeah, I got to travel the world. I, I like trained with so many of my literal heroes. Yeah. Um, 
yeah like Paul Radcliffe Kelly Holmes um and then yeah just just loads of other really really amazing people travel the world so uh, and yeah I just learned so much so I I can't I can't complain too much really and has that kind of only been since obviously when you're in the thick of it and you want those medals and those times you almost sometimes can't see the amazing opportunities you're in but now Mm. looking back you think wow that you know that was amazing so have you kind of reflected on it more yeah yeah totally and and yeah just just um I know what you mean about how when you're in the thick of it you can't fully appreciate it but um yeah one one of the presentations I've just done recently with the girls uh, that I'm mentoring is about like choosing what perspective that you have on things and again I I could sort of look back on my career as being like you know I didn't fulfill my potential and it was just like you know I failed and da, da, da. but actually I can look back on it and say you know I in all honesty, achieved more than I ever thought I would. Um, and um, yeah, just just like I say, had all those those great experiences. And yeah, um, yeah no, I, I, I did still appreciate it at the time yeah. as well. There was there was quite a lot of occasions, particularly, you know, when I was out in Kenya running with views of the Rift Valley thinking, oh, I'm so glad I don't have a nine to five. Yeah, I was yeah. just a 24 hour athlete instead. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so moving on from your life as an athlete, you have um, so you retired from athletics in was it was it twenty twelve? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? I sort of thought to myself, right, I'm I'm going to take a step back from being fully full on professional, it being my main focus. But if I manage to get back, then you know I'll just I'll do it for fun and see what happens. Um, but just never really got the fire back after that. Yeah. So, so what did you do so how did you transition from what were you going to do you'd, you'd got degree mm. you know you'd run all over the world you got a European bronze but what what what's your nine to five like what did you then transition into doing yeah I know well yeah I think I had been a little bit spoiled as an athlete because I'd never had to have that nine to five and I think I was just a bit afraid of going into that and so I never really wanted to commit to anything like that so for uh, a year and I think I remember seeing you Nicole actually around the IS a couple of times as I was doing this but I I was coaching on the uh, at the athletics academy um so yeah, just just sort of thought, you know, I've always enjoyed working with kids. I had an athletics um, qualification, and they were looking for coaches. So uh, yeah, I uh, <laughs> I clearly remember um, uh, pulling up into the, uh, the the car park one of those times. Um, in my 10 year old Citroen Saxo next and then uh, next to this black uh, Jaguar there um which uh, was uh, Jessica Ennis's and I yeah. just thought, I thought <laughs> 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 that was supposed to be me no I'm only joking I'm not into flashcards but do you know what I mean I had such high hopes of yeah, yeah. home Olympics and actually a very random coincidence as well is that I went to the same school same university same club as said co so I was a bit like oh it's gonna happen I know I know um but yeah obviously things didn't get quite good to plan and um yeah <laughs> so uh, off I went to my uh, yeah. pretty much minimum wage athletics coaching job uh, for another day but do you know what no I, I did enjoy it and it just gave me that little bit of chance just to think about what I wanted to do um 
And then, yeah, I got an opportunity to set up um, a business out in the Peak District um, shortly after that. Uh, so, yeah, my mum lived out in Baslow and the sports field there was wanting to get um, a bit more use. And so they, yeah, I, I'd spent a bit of time there. They knew um, that I did a bit of work with kids and did I want to then just just try and yeah get things a bit more um, yeah. lively down at the sports field. So yeah, that's what I've done pretty much for the last six, seven years, yeah. gradually built up a kind of, it's not just sports coaching there. Um, I've, I've always loved all sports. Mm. And so it's it's been an opportunity not just to get people into running, but um, yeah, still do what I call wild athletics. Oh. Um, yeah, because we don't have a track there. So yeah. using broomsticks and all sorts of crazy <laughs> bits of equipment, we do, yeah, we do the, like wild athletics um and uh netball hockey football yeah. rugby uh, I do children's holiday camps there as well um so yeah it's been really nice just to stay within the well-being sphere uh, yeah. and use my love of sports as yeah. I say like I kind of reluctantly had to give up a lot of sports when uh, yeah. I became a bit more serious about yeah. my um about my athletics yeah so quick, this is just a quick question what what was your other sport that you really enjoyed aside from athletics because you're pretty tall. Were you a netball player? I did do a bit of netball. Yeah. Uh, in fact, yeah, uh, you probably can't <laughs> see this, but yeah, I've got a finger to prove it. <laughs> it's a bit, a bit wonky there. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, netball, hockey, uh, definitely these days. But I, I've got two brothers and yeah. they were always badgering me to play football in the back garden with them. And I just I just, I just really loved that. Yeah, uh, um, probably my, my favourite team sport. But yeah, no, I, uh, anything really. <laughs> just where you're chasing around and carefree. And I mean, that's what I try to say to people now. Uh, in some ways, me doing the sports at the sports field is a bit selfish because it's just a chance for me to like yeah. get get mates to come and play out <laughs> and, uh, so, yeah but it's um because I've worked in sport development and I've seen you at a few sport development meetings in like Yorkshire mm -hmm. and stuff but it's just so amazing isn't it when you get people back into sport when they've been out of it for so long and when you mm -hmm. see their attitude and their mindset change have you experienced that a lot with the work you've been doing yeah yeah definitely like what I I I totally try and get across to the people that come is that it's it's fitness through fun uh, and it's just you know we're, we're very lax days on the rules and everything like that and and just I get comments all the time um about how how they, they they're working so hard but but they don't feel like they're trying um or that it you know it's such a stress relief for them as well um and uh yeah it just adds a bit of fun yeah. <laughs> to your life just, yeah, yeah I, it's just an absolute escape so you've been um working with children and adults within like Derbyshire and Sheffield and uh, for a few years but I noticed that you've been on the BBC recently Rebecca and it wasn't to do with a race do you want to tell me more about this yeah no do you know I got an amazing opportunity uh off the back of some work that I've been doing with Sheffield Hallam University um because yeah even though with um my my business I've been doing like just sports for everybody 
Um, running obviously is my area of expertise and probably passion, you know, and um, so I, I do running technique workshops. I've developed like this, this running model and um, it's, it's called the graceful running model. And um, yeah, the, it's like an acronym uh, that stands for grow, rhythm, alignment, circle and enjoy. Um, and um, what I, through my work with Sheffield Hallam, they're like really at the forefront of um, technology when it comes to, um, yeah, to sport and to, to running in particular, actually. And um, so they were able to encapsulate those biomechanical principles in my graceful model into some uh, joint detection software that they've right. got. Um, so yeah, between us for the last year and a bit, we've been working on, on getting this software, um, out there and, um, they were contacted by the BBC because they're doing this, uh, how to get fit at home, the truth about getting fit at home program. And cause so many people have taken up running during lockdown, um, they wanted to go in the labs with them to look at running technique because yeah. that's another thing people will take up running and then get injured so they wanted to be able to quantify stuff in the lab but obviously with covid they couldn't get into the lab and then uh lucky for me my software doesn't need to be used in the lab so they were like <laughs> yeah they said oh you know oh yeah i've got just the person um so yeah i got uh, another five minutes of fame um on the uh, on the bbc i did uh yeah i did like one of the a shortened version of my yeah technique uh, workshop with uh, yeah. with the presenter yeah. and um where we showcased the the software there yeah. and you can so, still catch it on iplayer if anyone wants to 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 watch it yeah so it, yeah very impressive. Yeah. i gave it a viewing this morning just to double check i knew what was going on um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. is this something that you wish you'd have had the opportunity to have done as an athlete then yeah do you know uh I just I yeah it's um I whenever I was an athlete I really hated it when I heard people say oh I wish I knew um then what I know now yeah. like um but it's just such the case like both mentally and physically because um I mentioned at the earlier on that calf and Achilles was my yeah. main issues and um it was because the position of my hips was too low when I was running. Um, so the first part of the, the graceful acronym is GROW. And I learned, I actually, I learned through dancing because um, uh, finally after 2012, I've always loved dancing. Um, yeah. I was like, right, I'm going to let myself have a bit of fun. I'm going to yeah. go salsa dancing, Cubanas on a Sunday night. <laughs> and, uh, um, and and from doing that and, and a bit of tango I just I learned about how the body's supposed to move basically yeah. uh, and then yeah as I say just sort of tweaking things and experimenting things I just yeah I realized that like I was planting too far out in front of me when I was running um yeah all the sort of breaking forces stress and pressure yeah just recipe for injury after injury which is what yeah. happened and then yeah whereas I yeah as soon as I was able to translate what I was doing in the dance lessons to running it just mm. felt so much I was like my god why didn't I know this back then um you know because I used to do like glute exercises all the time because physios would tell me oh you're not using your glutes when you're running and I do like bridges and uh, um crabs till like yeah. the yeah <laughs> oh crap sorry not crabs clams uh, yeah. till uh, the cows came home um but because I wasn't in the right position when I was running it didn't make yeah. a blind bit of difference yeah. and then straight away starting to run more on top of my legs mm. like I could just feel everything activating both my core right. and my glutes 
Um, so yeah, it's it's just it's my mission now, just to try and get those few few simple principles yeah. out there to people, just so that they yeah hopefully can avoid the injury. Misery. So if if anyone's interested in this, where would they would have you got a website that they can we can add on and they can um, yeah. Yeah, yes, please. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I've set up a, um, a website, gracefulrunning.com. Right. Um, I, I spell um, graceful, the, the full is with a double L. Um, right. Because um, as, as well as like the grace being an acronym, what I say to people, instead of getting too like head up about, oh, what does this that, and that mean? It's to think about the full movement and what yeah. that feels like. And actually, does it feel graceful yeah. um, when you're doing it? So you can play around with the different elements. But yeah, that, that full um, bit is, is something to go back to if you yeah. get a bit like, yeah. Um, bit confused uh so gracefulrunning.com and then on there it's possible uh if you just do a really simple video of you running mm. um so a view from behind side and on front and we can run it through the software and then we do a report um i actually i, I can do the, the analyses myself but um i just i've got a couple of physios that work for me because mm. they're they're able to look a little bit more in terms of the, if there are imbalances they can like prescribe exercises and um stretches a bit bit, yeah. bit better than what I can um and then actually off the top of on top of that um one of the physios has, has developed a running screen so if you are injured or if, if you tend to get injured there's about um six different exercises that again you just film yourself doing and then um they can like slow-mo analyze that uh, just to see uh if there's anything that stands out that might yeah. be predisposing you to injuries um so yeah that, that's both available on on the website um as is the, the graceful girls program um i know i've mentioned a few times about yeah. the, like the mentoring program tell, that I do. tell us more about this uh, yeah so that that really is a passion project actually i mean i know i'm very passionate about just helping anybody of any level to to either get running or to improve their running so they don't get injured um but for the graceful girls it, it's it's that much more than that as well so we, we do look at strength and conditioning to try and help the girls to um be able to move more gracefully yeah. uh, and to not get injured um so we do an hour of that and then the, the half hour after that is i call it um a personal optimization seminar <laughs> um, which uh, initially i was going to call it performance seminar but the message that I really try and get across to the girls that it's it's not just about performance, mm. that you'll likely do so much better, um, yeah. not just in sport, but in life. If if you do, yeah, if you just learn how to make yourself well um, and healthy in all the different areas, not just physical. So um, the, the six main areas of well-being that we cover um, in in the seminars, there's about 40 different ones that I'm working through them at the moment. Um, so yeah, it's mental, nutritional, physical. Um, we look at recovery, so fullness, uh, there's, and then relationships. So that's sort of to do with both coach relationships, family relationships, friends, etc. Uh, just making sure that you've got that good support network around you. And oh gosh, what's the other one? <laughs> oh, why? Yeah, your purpose. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's just um, yeah, just 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 giving the girls a sense of uh, yeah what they're aiming for. So yeah. kind of got goal setting, but. Um, you know and but getting that balance in life yeah. as well um yeah 
so um yeah it's uh just just I just really love working with them yeah, yeah. so, um, so just, are, these, are these girls like potential um how have they become part of the mentoring group their program yeah uh so I just started to do a bit of work with one of the Hampshire Harriers um, yeah. groups and um, it, yeah, they, they, they did just want me on board just mainly for the physical side of things. Mm-hmm. But I'd said that I just think that it's so important, especially for young girls in this day and age mm-hmm. to have uh, a better understanding of, of all the different components of, of performance and well-being. Um, because I think to a large extent, uh, a lot of my problems, is, again, could have just been avoided from having a different mindset and um, a, a different approach to things. So, um, yeah, at the moment, most of them are Hampshire Harriers. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a few that, that aren't. But again, because of lockdown, we've had to take everything online and it's it's just actually opened it up to being able to offer it to other people as well um so yeah I'm just about to start a bit of a marketing campaign yeah. for that to try and and let others know that, that yeah. this is a service that is available and you know anybody's welcome yeah. um and again on the, that same website there's all the details okay. of that well we'll make sure it's on the uh, the pages that we've got on Instagram and stuff and we'll get yeah. it out I definitely should sign up for the the graceful uh, running because she's she's always injured, aren't you, Lorna? Give us a thumbs. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm definitely not graceful when I run. But no, I was thinking that, like, I think just the the hip is it the hip position over the footing is that what's important? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I know. And actually, as again, I was listening to one of the, the previous episodes of you, you talking about, is it calf uh, problems that you were having in one of them? I, I yeah. can't remember. Or, yeah, like... Yeah, plan, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, and it is, it's so, so common, like, that people, they, they do just sit when they run, um, mm. partly because of our sedentary lifestyles these days, mm. we just get a bit tight in the hip flexors without realising. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, we, we just, we've lost that natural feel, because as humans, we are designed to run, um, but, it, it, you know, in evolutionary terms, when we developed that ability, we, we were spending the days walking around all day. Yeah. And, foraging and stuff whereas now we sat down all day so um yeah it's it's about just just teaching yourself um what it feels like to to run properly like to 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 be able to get all of the free energy that's available when you're running so that it's not a case of like plodding and and having to generate that energy all the time Uh, because actually what you're doing is is you just it's all the breaking forces that are causing all those problems so yeah it's very it's very subtle um uh, the, the movement of the hips um yeah but but once you get it it's like you you're running on your legs rather than with your legs um and and yeah you, you'll just feel a natural bounce uh, you'll feel like a natural flow and then you're able to use gravity um much easier as well when you're running because running is actually controlled falling i learned um fairly recently <laughs> well there you are Lorna get yourself get your video sent over yeah I I think it's it's probably not the same but when I started doing yoga more regularly and then I started running again I was coming back from an injury and something changed in my body where I felt like a bit like you described like it just clicked more like it just felt more like I was flowing and I think it was from just the hips being Mm. more open Mm -hmm. and I was like again like you said like I hate to say I wish I'd known that 10 years ago but if I'd known that then I just think how different my running would have been injury proneness would that have been drastically reduced Mm. and it is quite a simple 
thing to change really is when you know about it you can change it and include the specific exercises in your training and then everything could be different yeah yeah definitely yeah no it's definitely it is it it is a kind of a a multi-pronged approach in terms of you have to do the stretches and the strengthening to Mm -hmm. be able to to allow yourself to do something but it's that awareness of of knowing what what you should be doing as well so it's yeah it's approaching it from from both angles Mm. um because yeah and and I often say to people that it's about going away and playing with the concepts a little bit because once you hit upon it, it's almost like you get a eureka moment. Mm. Oh, this is how it should feel. Uh, You know, you are keying into that way that we are designed to move as humans. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, and and it is like a universal principle as well. Like so many people say, oh, I'm not a runner and I can't run. But, Mm. um, you know, if if they were just taught and we're not taught, that's the other thing Mm. as well um yeah if if they just taught then then they would feel the beauty of the movement mm, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, i know what you mean um yeah just enjoy it so much more because there's so many other benefits that you get from mm, one as well other yeah. than just fitness i mean the the stats around how it uh, decreases depression you know it can improve memory improve learning um mm uh yeah decrease anxiety it's it's just a wonder drug it yeah. really really is it can um yeah that after uh Elliot Kipchoge broke the two-hour barrier in in the marathon in his interview afterwards I'll always remember I just I just thought what a wonderful guy it wasn't like oh you know I'm so happy I broke two hours uh it, it all he was saying was like you know, we, we need to make this a running world because if it's a running world, it will be a beautiful world. It, we can cure everything. Mm, that's <laughs> so just, that's yeah, that's beautiful, isn't it? Um, yeah. but I could talk for forever to you, Rebecca. But um, oh, I, <laughs> so, um, one question is, do you run differently now then than when you were an athlete? Like a uh, professional? Yeah, well, both, yeah, in terms of my, my form, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I do. I still have to play around with it, actually, yeah. sometimes. You know, it's not like I go out the door some days and I just feel like, oh, you know, I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> like, some days you still feel like, oh, God, not quite there yet. Today, yeah. <laughs> warm up into it. And then, but yeah, once I'm into it, like, I can I can definitely feel like my muscles are working like they're supposed to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, another way I run differently is that I just don't run half as much any, anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's just for fun now and yeah. just socially and yeah, a bit, a bit for my work as well. So um, are there, there's there's quite, a, there's always a debate, isn't there, about whether athletes should change their running form if, you know, they're at the top of the game or whether they should, you know, if I can think of some runners who don't have necessarily beautiful styles, but yet they can get the times. Mm. Um, what do, What's your view on that, obviously? Yeah, I know what you mean. I just think... Um... It is quite hard, I think, as well for some of the top athletes to change techniques because it is is so ingrained. But sooner or later, you are likely to come a cropper um, with, with a not very good technique. So it's whether I suppose you're willing to put that that work in yeah. um, to, to change it. But uh, and it, it is a process as well. It's not like you suddenly switch and then you start yeah. to run differently. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I'd like to think that. Um, 
again that, that they would be open to playing with it and yeah. trying yeah 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 certainly um yeah I mean because pretty much anybody that I have seen with a really bad technique you know they've had surgery mm. they've they've been sidelined a lot with injury so yeah it's 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 about being open to it I suppose yeah. um yeah who's the most who's got the most beautiful style you've ever seen and I know it's yeah. not gonna be me but uh... oh. <laughs> Do you know what? you've literally taken the words out of my mouth because I, I wondered whether just to, to go off on one again but actually uh, yeah you've given me the opportunity to go off on one again now with this question um so a real big influence for me both in terms of um physically how I tried to, to run once yeah. I saw him running but also in in my approach to training um was uh I had an amazing opportunity uh back in about 2009 um yeah. to go on a training camp with Wilson Kip Keeter yeah um yeah and it turned out there were supposed to be others on the camp but it turned out to be just us two so I was like <laughs> I had an audience with and you know I say I got to work with some of my heroes I did like a school project on Wilson Kip Keeter yeah. and there I am like on a on a one-to-one training incredible anyway I digress he um so I one of my coaches once said that um the the ground would blush as his feet would caress it because <laughs> he just honestly wow the way he moved was incredible he just looked so effortless and um so I, yeah I just I, re- I just asked him so much on that on that training camp like how he went about um getting such a good technique and there was quite a few elements that, that he mentioned so obviously um it was a he's a Kenyan so um, oh yeah if those who are listening who perhaps don't know who Wilson Kikita is he um beat Sebco's world record for the 800 and he held it until Rudisha broke it mm-hmm. so yeah a 141 800 yeah. Knows, yeah knows what he's doing Pretty um <laughs> yeah so born in Kenya and um spent a lot of his uh, early days when running barefoot so that kind of gave him a good lot of the foot strength that he needed um he would uh, spend a lot of time in the gym as well uh, as an athlete um, because he knew that he had to be able to maintain the position of his torso as his legs were working so hard. Um, so, yeah, but when he was in the gym, though, he never used to force it. Um, like he would, it was all about rhythm. It was all about feel with him. So he would take any exercise up to a point of where he felt like he was getting tension where he shouldn't get tension. So this is what I say to to the girls when I'm doing the strength and conditioning with them. Um, like it's it's about grace before pace. So whether that's when you're running or whether that's when you're doing an exercise, be aware of what your body's doing. Um, so yeah, so he, he used to spend a lot of time in the gym. Another interesting thing he said is that he he was a real observer of nature, and he used to love watching animals move, um, because obviously animals move how they're designed to move because they don't have chairs and computers um, and big clumpy shoes. Um, so he just used to look at the rhythm and the flow of their movement. Uh, and he would just try and embody that uh, in in a way, uh, all that that sort of sense of the, the flow of the movement. Um, so, and then this final point, which was a massive thing in terms of my approach, because he looked at my training diaries when I was out there, and he said, "You're doing too much. You're doing too much." He's like, "Where's where's the recovery? Where's the recovery?" Like, 
And, and he said, first mistake, you have a training program. And I was like, what? I was like, you know, I'm an athlete. I'm a serious athlete. Like I'm disciplined. I stick to my routine. But he was like, no, you have to approach every day as an athlete, like, and let your body tell you what it, what it can do that day. So he, he had the luxury because, I mean, I'm not saying to everyone listening now, I don't have a training program. I'm just saying adapt your program each day. Don't just sort of force yourself to do something if you don't feel like you can. Um, but yeah, his, he, him, and, him and his coach, they had the luxury of it. it was one, one-to-one the whole time. So he would go down to the track, he'd kick a football around, he'd have a little jog around, and then he'd say to his coach, feel great, let's do a track session, feel tired, let's go for a run um, and go to the gym. Um, so yeah, he, he would, um, there's a great saying that I've adopted since then as well is, is he, he would always let the effort come to him. He would never sort of like put pressure on himself, um, to, yeah, to, uh, to fight against himself. And he literally, he, the only injury he ever had was a stress fracture which occurred because he uh, when he was out on a run he hit a stone when he was running um and it just yeah yeah his uh, foot so um yeah otherwise he was just really dominant and yeah. just incredible mover yeah wow that's amazing I've got some great quotes from that that little topic there but, um, yeah I'm gonna pass over to Lona now I think she's got some quick fire questions for you don't be too scared be nice Lona. <laughs> Oh, nice. <laughs> I'll just we'll just send it with a few quick fire ones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know I'm conscious of the well I've waffled on a lot there. No, sorry, it's been amazing. No, it's great. I know. Mm. I could listen all day yeah. as well. Oh, thank you. And you know what? <laughs> I really don't know where to start, but then I don't know when to stop when I'm talking about running technique. Yeah, it's just no. such a question. No. Yeah. And I think you've also emphasized that it's like it's about enjoyment as well, like you've got to enjoy what you're doing and whether that's yeah. enjoying doing a track session, enjoying dancing, mm. enjoying doing any sport, just like moving your body. That's what it's about really, isn't it? And yeah. 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 It's so, so important. Yeah. You have to fill yourself up, I say. Yeah, totally. Mm. And, and you can choose that mindset as well. Mm. Like this is the key thing I try and get across to the girls on the Graceful Girls program. You can either choose to beat yourself up, like, mm think that you're motivating yourself by saying discouraging things to yourself which is actually to be honest with you pretty much the approach that I took I thought that the success I was having was because I was hard on myself but I think the success I had was in spite of myself Mm. and you know I just wish I'd lightened up a bit and been a bit kinder Mm. to myself and and enjoyed it yeah just just taking that opportunity just to yeah to even to have enjoyed the pain of the lactic and just to have welcomed it rather than tensing (laughs) up and fighting it yeah. Uh, and you can choose that mindset you really really can yeah it sounds like you've done I don't know if you've read quite a lot or you've you did much with um your sports science but you seem to be quite into your psychology as well mm, like you yeah. mentioned that a few times about mindset and things mm-hmm. yeah yeah again it's something I didn't buy into massively in the early days mm. as an athlete but massive fan of of Dr C Peters who who works uh yeah made it you might have heard of him he's yeah. the chimp paradox made his name with British cycling but yeah. does a lot now with, with other sports but yeah him and then yeah I'm forever listening to podcasts and mm. I, I love it yeah any kind of yeah psychology self-improvement stuff yeah yeah it's really powerful as well isn't it yeah um yeah so the first question I was going to ask was if you could have superpower what would that be Nicola you can answer too if you want to when he's answered (laughs) um 
do you know I was gonna say fly but I I feel like it'd be nice to be uh, <laughs> this might sound a little bit goody goody if I could be invisible then I could get mm. places and find out information um, uh, for the good of the world. <laughs> so, yeah, oh, that's good. Yeah, but you're like a spy, so I'd be yeah, yeah be invisible. Mm-hmm. Good. I think it's going to come true, unfortunately, but it's good to no. know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd be able to teleport myself because I'd get there on time. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I think you should have that one. I'll give you that one, Nicola. Um, next question. And you don't have to feel like you don't have to be a good ooh, a good person here. But um, if you were given £100, you won a prize for a beauty. You both won a prize in a beauty contest. Nicola, you won £75. You were second place. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Uh, what would you spend it on? Just like either treat yourself or would... You don't, you don't have to give, you don't have to be, you don't have to be a good Samaritan. Yeah. Um, do you know what? Once, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll say I'll give half to charity because actually what yeah. I like, I'm just going to plug a little bit here, yeah. but um, I am donating um, a chunk of, of anything from Grace Woman into three African charities. Um, oh. So yeah, off the back of training out in Kenya as an athlete, I, I've just got to know some incredible um, athletes out there that were, are doing amazing work. So I'd, I'd give half to charity, let's say, but then um, I'd buy a new pair of dance shoes. Um, yeah. I know I've, I've got that on my list of things once my once out of lockdown and uh, yeah business is back up and running um yeah. yes I'm going to treat myself to some new dance shoes <laughs> nice what would you have Nicola I'd obviously be very charitable and give to charity but then I would sign up to have my running analysed oh. by Twitter <laughs> also donating to charity as well win-win how do you get better at running the last question which I just came up with as you were talking so I think I'm I'm guessing the answer but if you could go on any celebrity game show what would it be yeah Strictly Come Dancing yeah I thought you were gonna say that I was like maybe you should go on there oh well somehow first yeah After the podcast, don't worry. No, I was um, just gonna say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nicola, what would you do? Oh, I, I'd possibly do the same, but I am terrible at dancing. Mm. But I'd like, I like sequins. So I thought you'd be into Bake Off. No, it's too much pressure. It's like it's a bit stressful, mm. isn't it? Like, yeah, I'd rather get dressed up. Yeah. <laughs> I've got. A, I'm sorry. I've got a question for Rebecca. What was your favorite session ever to do? Um, I loved differentials. So where you like coast the first two hundred and yeah. then put the hammer down the second two hundred. Yeah, that. If I had a superpower inverted commas for yeah. um, athletics, because um, I, I wasn't particularly good endurance wise, um, and I wasn't <laughs> particularly. I'm sure good you were. Life. I mean, yeah. Well, I suppose it's all relative, isn't it? But like compared to other 800 runners, um, but I just I loved pace change. Yeah, if you know, like just that boom yeah. in a race, putting the hammer down. Um, yeah, just something about it. So Nothing. yeah. <laughs> 
I'd do probably a session height of the summer I might do four times uh, 400 um, and just try and get as big a differential as I could. Yeah. Wow. Excellent. Good answer. Good quote as well. Put the hammer down. I like that. Put the yeah. hammer down. Yeah. yeah. I might, I might so, name is my that a Queen song? <laughs> Put the hammer down. Oh, no, hammer <laughs> to fall. That's the one. All right. <laughs> Have you got more questions, Lorna? Um, no, we can. No. No. Well, thank you so much, Rebecca. You honestly, I could talk to you for hours. It's so nice to hear everything about yeah, everything you said about just yeah. I love talking running. Yeah, um, well, yeah. it's been a pleasure as well. So thanks for being wonderful yeah. hostesses. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. All the best with the podcast as well. Yeah, it's thank, thank you very much. All right, no bye. Take care. Bye. bye. bye.